That, that's awesome. And uh, I'm sure you could, you could probably preach for two weeks on the trip itself. I, you know, she said she was going to be tired when she got back, and her, but they looked very refreshed and ready to be here. So, uh, <laughs> um, any prayer requests this morning? Y'all have any anything prayer requests, praise reports? Trying to sell your land, so we're going to believe for land sale. All right. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah. That's good. All right. Yes. It's been so fresh, refreshing. Yes. Uh, well, he is, but we got work to do, you know, until he does. Yes. 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 you what we pray for children but sometimes we need to have them pray for us because they got their faith is so pure man you know yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah That's good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, yeah, we will definitely do that. All right. Priests over your children as well. All for them. Okay, well, let's do that then. Well, Lord, we just come to you this morning and uh, we just give you the honor and the praise and the glory, Lord, for your um, love that you have for us. And and, Lord, that you want the best for us in every area of our life, Lord, that um, our children, our children's children, Lord, our family. Uh, and so we speak life and peace over all of our children, over all of our families, Lord. And we just thank you that you invade the schools in this area, Lord, and take over school boards and, 
and uh, flip seats and and just let the Holy Spirit come alive to the community, Lord, and that people would see and know that who our God is. And Lord, we just thank you that you demonstrate that through us as a body, Lord, and we love you and we thank you for it. Uh, we pray for um, uh, Cindy's land, that she would sell the land that she needs to. We call that land soul. And concerning this uh, thing with uh, Tommy's uh, grandson, uh, uh, we just speak life over that whole thing. We break the power of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus, and we put our foot on his head. Lord, and we just ask that you send laborers across that uh, across their path, Lord, with the right word, the people he would listen to. And, Lord, we thank you that that rises up big in Jesus' name. And I pray over uh, our family, too, this this week. Um, and, uh, that, and we're, by the way, I'll just kind of go off into a, a statement outside of the prayer and say, uh, James' uh, father did pass uh, yesterday. And so we just pray for the family there in Michigan. I don't think we're going to do anything immediate. It's probably going to be a celebration of life when the whole family can get together. He donated his body to science, so he has is at the University of Michigan right now. And so uh, I speak all of that and pray all of that over in Jesus' name, and thank you, Lord, for it. Um, as y'all, if you were here last week, you could see this is a subject that I get very excited about. And uh, sometimes I have to kind of slow down a little bit because you see those little tops, you know, the, that they got with the string and stuff. Man, I get to talking about this stuff, and I feel like one of those tops. You just pull that string, and if you don't have some boundaries or some gutter lanes or whatever you want to call it, if you were bowling, that ball is going to go, you know, I might pitch it through the roof or something. So this is uh, probably one of the more exciting things that I, I really enjoy teaching on. And so, um, and this kind of neat, today is April the 2nd. Um, 30 years ago today is the day that I gave my life to the Lord and started... So, short, yeah, shortly at now, I had a, there was a little bit of, a, you know, here and there, get kind of getting the training wheels off of some of the stuff, but I got a hold of it and, and finally, you know, got, got some results. Sometimes you have to, you know, you, you, the face goes across the road, you know, but you'll get up, you'll bleed a little bit, but you'll be all right. Just get up and keep on moving. Don't ever quit. That's what I, I just, that's what I believe, just Winning is getting up one more time than you get knocked down, you know. And so, um, what I want—I do want to say thank you, especially to the pastors. I and I genuinely mean that. Thank you. Uh, I don't take teaching this class lightly. It's not something that I just—I uh, mean, it's not flippant in any way. I mean, I genuinely—I consider this a holy place, and I'm very grateful to have the honor of being able to do that and being led by pastors that. Um, that walk in a depth of the anointing and the spirit. And uh, I just want to uh, sit under their ministry and learn. And, uh, and as I learn, I want to be able to share with others too. So I just want to thank you all for that. Um, last week, I, I kind of, we didn't get exactly where we're going today. I have kind of have a mission. I got a little bit of ground to cover to get to where we're going, but just I'm going to kind of recap on a couple things uh, real quick. Uh, I said I, I went with three words that I believe that in the Hebrew language have a meaning that's very rich, and in a Western culture, we don't always really understand those words. We don't think of those words as for what they mean in the Hebrew, uh, and you kind of have to lose some of that Western mindset 
And I will tell you that uh, for me, one of these words is the word hesed. Uh, you know, in, in our language, we use charity, um, which is very weak in the, ter- in the light of what that word is. We've heard about agape. We have an idea a little bit of agape, you know. But the word hesed is generally a word that most people have not even, and I might not be saying that right. I've heard some people say hesed, chesed, you know, hasid, hesed. But I think the proper pronunciation is hesed, and it's H-E-S-E-D. And it is used over 250 times, or it's used 247 times throughout the Bible in the Old Testament. And the word is so rich that you can't define it with English words. It has to be lived in, in a revelation. And I honestly don't know that you could ever understand it without having some knowledge of what the blood covenant is, what Jesus did for us on the cross, what he meant when he said, drink my blood, eat my flesh. That even then, at that time, some people says they walked away from him and you know, they didn't, and they didn't return. It's, it's a very, it's covenant. It's a, uh, it's something that God used with Abraham that Abraham understood how serious God was when God used this. It created an image on the inside of him that said, God's asking me to sacrifice my son. Well, if I sacrifice my son, he's going to have to raise him from the dead because he's already promised me in the covenant that, you know, my seed shall be blessed so that. Okay, well, let's let's do it. See what happens. You know, I mean, it wasn't that uh, not that passive or anything, but I'm just saying it created a the Hebrew says it created a picture, an image on the inside of him. So I'm going to circle back to that just a little bit. But the other word is friend. Uh, I really believe that word ought to be capitalized. It talks about there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, that's what Jesus was saying to Judas when he was betrayed. He said, friend. Why have you come? You know, uh, and follow of what he said, friend. I remember. That, I don't remember exactly how he worded that after, but Judas knew what he meant, and um, it was not good for him after that. And so, and and that's why at the communion table, when he handed him that piece of bread, and he ate, or he took that, Satan entered into him immediately. He knew what he was doing. That was that was something in that culture they understood to some degree, and that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. And then we talked about the word "remember." Remember, it is not a passive word. It is a active word. It's always, it's I don't want to say always. It's generally followed by an action when God remembers His covenant. And so, what we're doing when we remember something is we're putting everything else out of the way, and we're taking this centralized thought, this one thing from God's word, and we're placing it in front of us, and we're focusing on it, and we're calling to God's remembrance. We're saying, it's not like God forgot. He's not going, hey, why didn't y'all remind me about this? You know, it, he, he's very aware, and, and but he's saying, call me to remembrance so you can be justified. And 
What this does, covenant remembrance, if we can learn how to walk and operate in this. The main qualification is Brother Randall, he got up here uh, last week and we sh he shared some about total commitment. And like Pastor said, you know, it's all of you for all of him, all in. You got to be all in. This will not work for you the way that uh, what God's put in my heart. You can't be 99.9% .9 in. You got to be 100% in. If, Like I said last week, if you cut this microphone cable anywhere between here and that wall where the power is, it doesn't matter if I have 99.9% .9 of this microphone cable, you're not going to hear this amplification. And so you have to to be connected and if you're not connected you're going to still be struggling with your flesh in the area that you're coming to the table for but where we're going and what I want to uh, what I'm sharing here is um, I know we receive communion as a um, body and you should do that all of you know I mean the Bible talks about not forsaking together the assembling of ourselves but there's a time in your life sometimes where you need to approach the Lord individually with nobody else around and bring something to him that you know something maybe you've struggled with for years and get rid of it and right now we're in a time of I would say it's not so it's not so much that God's running out of mercy because he's not but we're right there we're right there at the end and I think about this I've thought about this my whole life uh, since this happened it's funny but I had a friend, when I, and it's provided humor for me for about 40 years now, but I had a friend named David Smart, and this day he did not live up to his name. We were in a racquetball room at, at one of these apartment complexes here in Greenville, and we were out there, and we were goofing around. It was like middle of summer. We went and got in the, uh, the sauna and the hot tub, and it was a new apartment complex, and they were excited about it, and they said, hey, man, we got a racquetball court, so... We went over to this racquetball court, man, and uh, we had racquetball and some rackets and stuff, and I have no idea why this kid did this. I have no idea. But he walked up to this wall, like right here, and took that racquetball and threw it and hit him as hard as he could, and it went to doom. Lady, and I, I can honestly say, I think he had, to, they, he had to pick me up off the floor because I was rolling laughing i could not control it i did not have any i was not dignified in any way i was like you are so stupid oh my gosh you know and uh so i think about that from time to time and uh I've, i told him years later i said man i'm still laughing at your expense i just want you to know that so but what am, why am i giving you that uh picture i believe that's where we are in time you know the racquetball court is like the mercy if we were playing a game yeah, maybe there's some time, but we are right here. Yeah, he's merciful. Yeah, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be. You need to get the sin out of here. It says if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged with the world. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's you get the ability to bring it to the Lord, and you judge it on this side of mercy you don't want to be on the back side of that because it's just as fierce on the back side as it is good on the front side I think of an elephant with his you know you're, you're in Africa maybe driving around in your little jeep taking pictures of the little baby elephant and and uh, you see him and you're kind of getting a little close and then 
out comes daddy with the tusk and he throws that, you know, uh, trunk up in the air and starts coming right towards that Jeep. That's love. That's the hesed of God. That is what that is. And he's coming to remove whatever it is that's between you or between him and that baby. And if you get in the way, he will smash you like a grape. And so that's just the way that that works. You know, we have the same, that's the love of God. That's how he feels about his children. He don't like it when people mess with us. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we have a covenant with him. He says, just, you know, all we have to do is just realize that there's more of us than they are of them and walk in love towards the people. I'm not saying God's going to come out. He wants everybody to repent. He's trying. He wants them just as much as he wants you. But anyways, okay, let me get on course here. So I've just kind of given you some idea of what we're doing here. The, Jesus is our friend. We're coming to the table to have a communion meal with our friend. We are bringing to him something that we need deliverance from. That's what we're going to have God remember or and us remember. We're bringing it there so that we can put it on the other side of that table get or actually get rid of it entirely. And then the hesed of God. Um, all I'm going to say about, well, I ain't going to say that. I've been meditating on this for over 25 years. This is the thing. This is the one single revelation that changed my life more than any revelation that I've ever had. I've had, you know, God's given me things over the years, but the hesed of God is the revelation that revolutionized my life and got me to where I understood something about walking in authority and walking in holiness and being able to remove things out of my life when they became a problem for me. Because I dare say that every person on the planet probably has one thing, at least one thing, and everybody know you know what that one thing is. One thing, yes, pastors and everybody, I'm talking about human beings, you've probably got one thing that you struggle with or you have, it's like, come on. You know, we've been around this mountain a few times and we're going, I don't want to keep going around it. This, for me, has been how I've been able to confront that. And this is something I want to bring to you today, tangible, that you can put into action and see results and that's my whole goal is it's just like you know what pastor was saying it's like my goal for you guys is I want to see everybody completely delivered of anything I want to see you free I want to see you walking out there free and being a witness and being able to draw people to you through the spirit being a light on the hill that's what we're called to be I don't want to be like the world that you know, I, I mean, I've got a, I can honestly say, my wife can testify, I've got a temper sometimes, and, you know, I, I'm not always the best at, you know, put, keeping my mouth closed. Um, I tend to be very uh, direct uh, when, especially, you know, if it's at work or something and we need, and we don't have a lot of time to talk, it, but at the same time, I do want to walk in the love of the Lord, and that's what, this is something that's helped me with that, too. So, the word says in Psalm 23 that he prepares a table before us. And I asked you last week, I mean, it says it's in the presence of our enemies. Do you have any enemies in heaven? 
No. So where is that talking about? It's talking about here, right here, right now. And we do that in the presence of the devil, all of the evil, you know, his demons, and we do it in the presence of the angels. We are going to remember his covenant. And like I said, you know, when uh, Elisha, he would walk across there, and he would slap that Jordan, and he said, where is the God of Elijah? That water just, it didn't even know which way to go. It just, and this is what we want to do when we're at that table is where is the God of Jesus? Where is our God? I mean, you're not asking because he's lost. You know where he is. I'm just saying this is how you bring the deliverance power to the table. It's not like you're having to bring it. What this does in the, this is how the Lord showed, showed me, and I'm going to say this. This isn't written in chapter, in verse, per se, but as we rightly divide the, the word and we listen to the Holy Spirit and we listen to people we trust and, and learn of them, this is, what, this is the method that I have come up with. I don't, I'm not saying it will work exactly for you. You may have to find... Because the scripture, the basis that I do this on is it says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't need Tommy to come work out my salvation. I need to work that out with the Lord and figure out, hey, Lord, how do I do this? Because it's not going to always be written down, hey, I want Stacy to go to this place and do this on this certain day. That comes up in your spirit. You have to be led. And, and the scripture, it talks about what does a man know save the spirit of man that's in him? In other words, you know what you need to do. <laughs> the Lord is showing you. And there's been times, I can only say once or twice, because I always, I've had one thing that I had that I felt like the Lord was leading me to do, and but it was really against conventional wisdom and, and I was like, Lord, you're going to have to show that to me. But it was specific to me. It wasn't, and, and it didn't have involve anything with sin or anything like that. I'm just saying that it, it was something I had to get from the Spirit through prayer. And, it, and we have to go through that all the time. We just need to know on an individual basis, how do I do this? So we're wanting to work. So what I'm talking about here is at the table. We're coming to that table with a plan that's individualized. For us, for me, maybe not for you or you or you, but for me. And so you have to get with the Lord. This isn't something that's just going to fall on you out of the air. Um, what I would say is for me, I spend, if I have to, days meditating in the word before I ever do this. I take the word of God. I take this hesed that I've been talking to you about, and I meditate in it, and I think about it, and I do my best to receive it into my spirit until I, f right there, you know, it's like, it's like just kind of flipping the switch on. That faith is imparted, the revelation, and along with the revelation, the faith to carry out what I'm there to do. It's like, when the light comes on, I know, okay, the deliverance power is available. It's always available. Don't misunderstand. I wasn't ready. I had, and so... It's like if you're trying to kick a habit or something like that. You know, we know we're not supposed to do certain things, but yet 
you keep on falling into the same thing over and over and over and over. And it's like, God, I need some help with this. Take the time to get away, get with the word, get that word down in you. Let God flip the light on, come to the table and receive. And when you stand up from the table, we're done. That's it. This is how I this will work. Uh, and again, you need to find out from the Lord exactly how you need to do it. But I could tell you this is how uh, I walked away from alcohol. It's how I walked away. This, this will work on anything. There's nothing that the devil has that this will not work on. This is the word of God. And you're applying the blood. This is just a, there's ways to do it. Like I said, this is what works for me. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, you got to remember, like uh, Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John 10, 10 is the dividing line of the Bible. We know where things come from. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. So if it has to do with life and abundance and blessing, if, if it's not death-related or tied to anything, I can bring that to the table and receive what it is that he has for me because, again, it's he tells you to work out your own salvation. All the promises, God, are yes and amen. And uh, let me see what else. Uh, and you know in your own spirit. And, and you know, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, uh, Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, entered into the heart of man, things that God has prepared for those that love him. A lot of people stop there. Next verse says, but God has, past tense, revealed them to us by his spirit. And so you just need to go to prayer and ask the Lord exactly what it is that you need to do. Um, this is like you were talking about picking up the stones. This is how you pick up the stones. This is how I pick up my stones. This is my smooth stone. This is my smooth stone. David picked up the smooth stone that worked for him. This is the way I pick them up and put them in my pouch. And when, this is how you take the giants down in your personal life. And I'll tell you, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You know, you're telling him on the, as you're running at him, and you got, you know, so I heard I heard a man say that one time. He said, "Never run at your giant with your mouth closed," you know, and and, and that's good. So I want to show you, and, and then I'm, I'm going to kind of demonstrate a little bit here, just uh, what I've done. Y'all okay with this? All right. Um, all right, Lord. All right, so what I did whenever I came to the Lord with this, this is I use this, I kind of use it as like an, my, I don't want to say last-ditch effort or anything like that, but it's kind of like Popeye, you know? You ever watch those old cartoons where Popeye comes out and Bluto beats him down and he gets up and he beats him down again, takes his girl, all of these things, and then finally in, at the end he says, I've had all I can stands and I can't stands no more. Eat the spinach first. 
eat the spinach first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got it with you the whole time. But this is what we do, man. This is what we do. And I'll tell you, uh, I've heard it say different ways. I think, Pastor Mike, don't you say until the the uncomfortableness of staying the same out. Say that. Till the pain. Yes. Till the, the, till the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. You'll you'll do that. And I've heard somebody say uh, it's like um, until you get to that Popeye moment. That's kind of how I look at it. You had all I could stand. I can't stand no more because it's something like your faith just gets you know, energize. I'm one of those that I, I know I'm a, uh, anyways, I probably shouldn't even go there, but like, it's like, you know, when you're a kid, I was a little guy, and it's like, go ahead and hit me. <laughs> you know, you want them to hit you once. <laughs> but yeah, I, I tried boxing when I was a kid. You know, we went into the gym, and we put, we had on the boxing gloves. I put on those boxing gloves, and this is all the boxing I ever had was this about 10 seconds of it. This kid, he punched me right in the face, and when he did, I pulled those gloves off, you know. And, and uh, anyways, the coach had to get in there, but I was like, no, I, I, I'm not all about being punched in the face and, and being okay with it, you know. I was like, okay. So I'm just saying, uh, that was free, y'all. So, yeah. So here's what I, I have done, and again, I'm not trying to write a new doctrine. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying to give you something that you can use. I personally, well, let me say this first, I, uh, about the Hesed. Again, this is the one thing that's changed my life the most. And if you can't tell, I get really excited about it. I understand. I try to slow down, but I love this subject so much. I have never, in the 30 years that I've been a Christian, I've never just, like, got online and found a book and endorsed an author and said, you know, this is great. And uh, this guy, I always do my research. I always listen first. I always and I did, and I still do, but I, I started, I got online, and I was looking up some information on Hesed. And this man had made some statements, and I was just sitting there with my, my eyes got about that big, and I was like, the Lord revealed that to him. There's no way that, you know, and I'm reading this, and some of the statements he made, and I'm just like, this It's called Hesed, Inexpressible, Michael Card. Have you ever, I've never heard of him either. Have you ever heard of him, Pastor? Uh, and I don't, like I said, but this one, this one's the real deal. I will tell you that. Uh, I did look up, did a little research. He's a musician, but uh, he, Michael Card, no, just Michael Card, C-A-R-D. And this first page right there, uh, he goes into trying to define what Hesed is. And he uses some, he just picks some that uh, it's in there and in the context that it's used love, loving kindness, merciful, loyal, sure, relentless, enduring, extravagant, affectionate, miracle making, generous, uh, incredible, gracious, steadfast love, election, uh, unfailing love, faithful love. Um, covenant love, covenant friend, faithfulness. He goes down, loyalty, unswerving, and just on and on and on and on and on and on and on. 
And he goes on to say in the book that this appears to him, and I have to say that I don't have an argument against this. This is the most difficult defined word in the old Hebrew Bible. And this is the char- this is the word God uses to describe himself. And for me, what I realized in this was that this is God is not an Hesed is not an attribute of God. It is God. And that's why scholars and um, people that study the Hebrew language, they exhaust themselves trying to define this word. And I genuinely believe you could use every word in the English language and still not do it justice. I mean, it is so big that it's just you would go off into other tongues trying to tell somebody about it. And, and, and you cannot express it in words because it is God. It is the power of God. It is, uh, I think the best that they do really is like loving kindness. It's, uh, that's good. And I have that written down like, a, it's like 247 times and like 145 times it's loving kindness, but it's mercy. And man, it's, it's just the thing for me that changed is I got a hold of this word. And because, like I said, we've heard about charity, we've heard about agape. But this word hesed is, you cannot understand this without having some knowledge of the blood covenant. It's like you have to understand the blood covenant to start scratching the surface of understanding the depth of this word. And when you see it and you realize it's in co- you're in covenant with God, I, I just kind of, to give you like a little demonstration, this is how I see the Lord Jesus, when he talks to us, he's like, it's, Hesed is like this. Seek, you'll find me. Knock, I'll open. Uh, ask, you'll receive. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it for you. What do you need? I got it. I am, I am that. What is it you need? I am that. I am that. I am. Ask, I'll give it to you. Come on, come to the table. Come to the table. Come. I don't care if your enemy's there. Come on. Eat here, eat here, eat here. David told Meshibbethef, I think if I said that right, he sent a search team out to get this man. He said, is there anybody in the house of Saul that I can show the hesed of God to? And they said, there's one, and he's, he's, he's out there hiding like a desert rat. Go get him. He sent and fetched him. Can you imagine being fetched by David? He come in there and fetched him and brought him in there. And I think there was a guy named Ziba there. And uh, David said, or Meshivatheth looked at David and said, Who are, wh- why do you look on such a dead dog as I? And he said, I'll surely. He didn't even address it. He said, I will surely restore to you all the lands of your father and, and your grandfather. I'm going to give you back everything. Ziba, you're going to work for this man in the morning. I want you to get your house in order, all your sons, your servants. Y'all are going out early in the morning, and we're going to work the fields for this man. But he will eat at my table continually. And he was lame in both his feet. The difference in our covenant was straighten his feet up. So 
you see what I'm saying? Man, praise God. That is hesed. I am looking for you. I'm coming after you. The word, uh, Psalm 23, we sing that song, his goodness running after me. I can't sing, but you get it. The word there, it says, yeah, we, I'll get Tim to sing it. No, yeah, it, it says, his goodness and mercy, mercy, hesed, follow. Look up the word follow. It means I will run after you with hostile intent. I am chasing you down. If you stop, I'm going to mow you over. And so you start getting this down in your spirit. It's like, oh, here it comes again. You know, I mean, I, I better watch out. It's going to knock me down. That's scripture, man. That's scripture. And I'm not, you know, I'm, it, it is, he is running after you to deliver you from whatever you, what do you need deliverance from? I am that. I can do that. We can do that now. We can do it right here, right now. We, let's don't wait. We don't need to, another week to pray about it. Bring it to the table. Come on. You know, and so what I do when I found over the years when I struggle with something, you know, maybe it shouldn't be in my life, but it creeps in, you know, and then you're, oh, Lord, you know, I ask you to forgive me, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm just trying to be transparent with you here. And it comes back and you're, you know, you're going to church and you're like, oh, man, and it, this thing just keeps on just nipping at you, nipping at you, and you know you're not supposed to. If you could fix it, you would have already fixed it if you're born again. You know, you're not looking for a way to sin. You're looking for a way out. You just ain't found it yet. I mean, sometimes it's not enough to just know I'm not supposed to. You need something to get some traction, you know, and get up over that whatever it is that's uh, holding you down. And there's no condemnation. When you're When you have your feet pointed towards God I'm going to have an answer to this and you are committed to it I'm telling you the Holy Ghost will help you he will use mercy on you I'm not condoning sin don't misunderstand what I'm saying but what I am saying is he will work with you and he will help you and he will reveal things to you you have to put in the time when I found myself in this spot over the years I take that word I don't just go and pray and say, I believe I receive. Or go maybe even down to a, I mean, I might wait till, I'm not saying you always need to wait. You need to respond. When the Holy Spirit says respond, you respond. But if it's something personal and I know that just, I'm all about run, jump, shout, fall on the floor. I love that. I love it. I love it. I want to walk straight when I get up off the ground. And I come to the Lord and I just say, Lord, this has been a problem, and um, I'm bringing it to you. I need deliverance from this. And it's because I know he has that hesed. He is that hesed. He is reaching out to me to, to deliver me. I have no question. You can't have a question in your mind. If you're still having a question of whether he wants to deliver you or not, stay still. Keep meditating. Keep looking up scripture. Keep finding and looking because he does. He does not want you. If you're a child of God, he doesn't want you bound up in anything. And he needs us free this day and time out there. We don't need to be anointed in church as much as we need to be anointed out there. 
you know. I mean, you need to be anointed church. I'm not, I'm not taking, but we need to come here. This is for the body of Christ to be edified. Take what we get in here out there and put it on those people. Because like I've told Pastor Mike, I said, in the last two years, something's changed with you. God's put something on you, and I want some of it. I want some of it. It's, a, it's the anointing and the presence and the power. If you even somebody that I would say was be spiritually inept can walk into one of those services and go, whoa, man, what's in here? And I want that. I want that in my personal life. I want that in my private life. So this is ultimately where... I'm sorry, I'm watching the time because I don't know how much time I got. And I can, I, someone asked me to teach on this. Uh, it's my best friend and a uh, uh, great guy. He's, uh, um, he's, so, he's one of the most, probably the most humble human being I've ever met. And I love this man. And I know, I feel for him the same way that it says Jonathan was knit. His soul was knit with David's. They were covenant friends. This is a man that at one point in time I was, I was talking to him about this, and he we were on an ambulance together, and he was showing me, you know, training me to be a paramedic, and I would pre we'd get on a we'd stop a call, and I, I would preach to him about this, and then we'd go back and forth, and we stayed on an ambulance together, and just. Lovely man. He came and stayed with us, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, about a year or so ago, two years, I don't know. And he is, he, he had went off to Bible school and then moved to Guatemala and started a Bible school. And um, he, he, uh, he got his doctorate and everything, and he came and stayed with me. I never even knew he wrote a book. Or got a PhD, or, or not a PhD, I think it was an honorary doctor, but they used the book as his thesis. And I was like, he never even said a word about it. The whole time he was in the house, I, was, I had to find the book. You know, I saw the I was like, hey, hey, what? you know, <laughs> and he never said a word, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so I read the book, and I was like, man, that's a good book, you know. But uh, it was kind of what, and I say this, it, in all humility, it was just because it was so, it was kind of humorous to me. I was reading through it, and he's talking about this friend that he met on the ambulance. And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, hey, he didn't even tell me this. I didn't know he had his doctorate. I didn't know he had written a book. I didn't know that he had written about me in the book. And I was just like, dude, why didn't you tell me that? And then he stayed in my house for two days, never said a word. And I'm like. But I was like, I wanted to celebrate with you, man, you know, and, and so it was kind of funny. But he was writing about this because this is when I met him. And you can ask my wife. We've been married for 13 years. I talk about this, man. How often do I talk about those things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I think I follow her up and down the halls. I'm like, man, hey, look, I found the Lord, you know. I mean, and, and it's just I love it. I love this subject. If you can't tell, but what I, where I was going with that whole point is I taught. He asked me to teach a 12-hour course on this, and I was rushing through the material. Now, of course, six hours of it was translation because it was into Spanish, so I would say six hours teaching, but I just feel like I was just – Scratch the surface on it. So 
All right, getting to the end here. How do I apply this on an individual basis? I have written this out as more of a template example. And again, I'm not writing scripture. I'm not, this is the way I do it so that I have something tangible when the temptation comes, the devil comes. And so I say, I come, it might go something like this. I get the elements to the covenant right here. I put them before me. And I draw my remembrance to whatever my area that I need. Now, we do this in church as a body. But this is between me and Jesus. And like I said, there's a place that should be in your heart, every human, that we have a living. Like if you think of a house, the way a house is laid out, you've got a common area. You've got a living room. You might have um, a game room or a kitchen or whatever. People are welcome to kind of filter through there. But you might have your bedroom door closed when people come over because that's a private area. That's for you and your spouse. But beyond that, there needs to be a, your heart is like that. Beyond that, you need to have a place in the side that is for you and him. Nobody else, not your spouse. Not anybody. That's what happens to the world when you go looking for love in all the wrong places, you know. And so you open the door to your heart, your heart in that area, and you're putting a person that's probably drunk in, into the place that God is supposed to be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. The girls, yeah, they sure do. They all be. I got my beer goggles on now, you know. So come on, girl, you know. Anyways, lived that at one point in my life. Don't want to ever live it again. So um, I, what I do is I wrote this out, and I, say, I come to the Lord, and this is my prayer. John, Lord, I come to you April the 2nd, 2023, at 1032 or whatever time it is. I bring to you, you said in your word, John 14, 13 through 14, whatever I'll ask you in your name, you, you'll be see, or that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Philippians 2.12 says, for me to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are in, in him are yes and amen. And I know, Lord, that you want me to have this deliverance. Because Luke 12.32 says, it is the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. And right now, I bring this, whatever, write it in, to you. And right now, I do show forth the body and the blood. Here, Tommy, hold this microphone. And right now, I receive my deliverance from whatever in the name of Jesus. And I, Jesus, I drink your blood and I eat your flesh. I take you inside of me on the most intimate spiritual level. And I receive from you the deliverance right now. This will not be an issue moving forward because for me to do this again, I'm going to have to go through that. And I'm not doing it it is dead in the water right now buried and i've been i received this is the resurrection power this is what paul was saying when he said i'm not ashamed 
the gospel of Christ. It is the power, the dunamis. That's the word we get dynamite from. This is the power. Oh, that... Uh, Yeah, 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 it's the power of God. This is the power of God. This is how I bring that power into my personal life at the communion table that's prepared. And I say, devil, in the name of Jesus, and I sign my name at the bottom. By the blood of the lamb, I am free. I sign my name to it, and I stick it in a file folder. I've got one right now in my file folder. And when the devil comes with that old junk, Hey, Mr. Devil, I just want to remind you that on April the 2nd at 10 o'clock in the morning, I received the blood of my Lord, and I received his flesh, and we had communion, and he took that. So if you have something you need to talk to someone about this, you need to go talk to him because I'm done. I was done. I, I am delivered, and I thank you for it, and I walk in it. And anytime you need to go and pull that out, pull it out. I mean, this gives me something tangible to put my hands on. Now, I'm not saying that's how you're going to do it. you got to go to the Lord. This is what I've found a way to provide a faith response. They've been talking about faith response. This is my faith response. And it's worked for me. And if I'm wrong about doing it like this, please don't tell me. Because it has worked for me. For 30 years. So I don't want to know if I'm doing it wrong. Okay? You see what I'm saying? The proof of the pudding's in the eating. You got to go to the Lord, get the revelation for yourself, and then apply it the way the Lord gives it to you. This is how He's given it to me. He may say, Yeah, hey, duplicate that. I don't know. I'm not writing doctrines or anything like that, like I said. And but this is it. And I want to thank y'all for listening. I appreciate you. I thank you for letting me teach. Yes, sir. Uh, I know I get sometimes when I get excited, I have to stop and, okay, Lord. But I love this subject. I love the Word of God. And so, anyway. All right. You, I'll give you back your card. There you go. That was great. Thank you. Has said the love of God. I already ordered the book. It'll be here tomorrow. Yes. I know. Well, he had it a five stars, so we'll see, right? No, it's good. That's good. Yes. Moving, becoming, coming into his likeness. That's good. That's good. 
So that's excellent. And I have used communion in my own life through the years <coughs> um, over and over and over again when I'm seeking something from the Lord, particularly in the area of healing. Because, because communion has one of those effects that you are coming before the table of the Lord and you are bringing his body, which was broken for you. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. As oft as you eat it, remember me. And then he also said, in the, and likewise, he took the cup and he lifted it up. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the cup of the new, co- this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. As oft as you drink it, remember me. And so we understand that by the body and the blood of Jesus, we are, sa- we are sozoed, salvation. We are saved, we are rescued, and we are healed. We are saved from sin and from the condition of our sin. And I always remind myself and I remind any demon that would like to know that the fact of the matter is sickness is a down payment on death. It's just a down, sickness is a down payment on death, is it not? When you get, every time that you, it's just, it's the, it's the down payment on death. I'm not saying that every time you get sick, you're going to die. It's just a down payment. And so when Jesus took all of our sickness, he, when he conquered death, he took every bit of that. I don't have to have the change of death rattling around in my pocket. And so I go to the communion table knowing that it is his will to heal me, to rescue me from sin, to deliver me out of every bondage of destruction that may come on my life. Now, am I saying that I take communion and it's like a magic wand? Poof. No. Many times, the Bible says to submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I always like to think of resisting the devil. It's like this. How many of you are, ever rode horses or you grew up riding horses? I did. Now, a horse is a giant beast that is much bigger than you, right? And so every time that, when I want that horse to move, when I was just a little kid, I want to move it or something. I mean, I don't have the power to move that horse, but he wants to move in on me. I would resist his movement against me until I won the battle. Because if I didn't, I'd be in trouble with my dad. Because I had to continually exert my authority over based on the fact that I was in charge. Now, am I saying you're in charge of the devil? No, but you have the upper hand, and you have been given authority. So resisting is not, well, I tried, and it didn't work. Resist. What do you do then again? You resist, and you resist, and you continually find yourself in the posture of resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I have found through the years dealing with, dealing with um, fear was one of the greatest challenges of my life, overcoming fear, a spirit of fear. What is a spirit of fear? In my context, it will generally come in when maybe you've had a series of crises come in your life. 
You know what I'm talking about? Maybe some things opened up and now you have this, this sense of gloom or doom or despair. Now, for me, I had a series of deaths that happened in my family years and years ago and different things and traumatic things that had happened. And from that point on, I'm a child of God. We're youth pastors. But I, would, I could be in a room like this and a spirit, I could feel that spirit of fear just come in like a dark cloud. Ominous. Foreboding. Threatening. It would feel as if that cloud, that, that sense of doom, like something's about to happen any moment. Something bad is about to happen at any second. And I could, everybody could be laughing, and I could be laughing, but inside it would feel like there was just like this sense of destruction was looming, and I didn't know where it was at. And I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then what I would do is I would kind of go through a series. I'd say some scriptures and whatever, and it would sort of back off. But it would just come back again, over and over and over again. Now, if I'd have gone to the doctor, they'd have put me on antidepressants. They would have. And that wouldn't have done any good. Because all I would be doing is dealing with the symptoms that the spirit was causing. That's all I would be doing. I wouldn't be dealing with the spirit of fear. I'd be numbing myself to the symptoms. So finally, I thought, Lord, I've got to get through this, I always felt like something bad was going to happen, constantly living in fear of everything, anything. So finally, I just said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. He said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the only way I know how to resist someone, I had to look at the devil like he was a bully. And now this is what I was taught about a bully. When a bully comes in and says, I'm going to punch you in the nose unless you give me your lunch money. Oh, no. You don't. See, that's what I was always doing was fiddling around trying to find the change. So he would leave. I finally just had to say, punch me. Come on. So when the devil would come with his lie, what might the lie be? You're going to die. Kill me. Do it. Do it. This is going to happen. I can't stop it. Do it. Whatever you got, give it. Come on. Where are you at? Where are you at? I thought you were I thought the sky was going to fall. Come on. And this is like you were doing this in your, in la- out loud? No, I was doing it in my head. People think I was crazy. <laughs> this is what I noticed. Every time that became my m- new response, instead of going to the scriptures and trying to find, you know, things on fear, thou shalt not fear, and, you know, because all I was doing, see, that wasn't a faith response. Even though it's the word of God, it wasn't a faith response. It was fear calling the shots, and I was just responding, whatever fear did. He played what, whatever. Does that spirit just played the violin, and I danced. So finally, I stood up, and I said, no, if you're going to do it, then kill me. Kill whatever. Whatever you're going to do, then do it. And see, many of you, when I say that, that scares you to death. Because you're like, if I say that, he will. He already is. The demons are already in charge of your life until you stand up and say, stop. Until you say, go ahead. And then this is what I noticed. Over time, 
See, things don't just happen. Most of the time, your walk with the Lord won't be taking communion once and it being a silver bullet. It will be you putting one foot in front of the other, and you walked yourself into most of your tragedies. You will walk yourself out of most of your tragedies. And that was when I found, I realized that the devil, that spirit of fear, whatever, however you want to articulate that, just did not come around anymore. I resisted. I resisted. And that through that process of resisting, it completely went away. I mean, I moved to Scotland with my three children, and there was, I mean, it was so, I was so not afraid of anything, it was ridiculous. Now I'm afraid of how unafraid I was. <laughs> I mean, my kids went to concerts, they rode the trains through Scotland, they did, I mean, you know, it's like, most, I look back and I'm like, what was wrong with me? I had no fear of any reprisals of the enemy. Now, I don't live in that level of freedom over fear to this day. I don't. But there, there's a way through your circumstance. And that's what he's talking about. God is good. And his mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. Don't think that something I'm going to hand you or he's trying to hand you something that's going to be a one and done. This is a lifestyle of resisting the devil, and he will flee from you. And sometimes that's a backing off, and sometimes, I mean, I hope it, I hope it breaks just like that, but I can't promise you that. Yes. And, right, that's it. And be back next week. We will start talking about the end time study. It will be a lot of information. Yeah, we are still having live class.